And this morning's text that we'll be studying today uh, comes from 1 Peter, chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, we pray that as we approach this time where we hear your words proclaimed, that you would sink into our very being, and if we resist change, that you would change us. All of these things we pray, amen. If you've ever had a really strong desire or a deep-seated expectation that something will happen or come about, then you've experienced hope. The situations that have hope at the end of them are limitless, right? In 1993, I wanted more than anything for my girlfriend at the time to say yes to my proposal. Your offer on a house, a raise, a new job, passing a test, winning a game, getting that Christmas gift at the top of your list, that the weather holds off, all hopeful. We have all probably experienced the joy and satisfaction when hope falls in our favor. We've all probably experienced the frustration and sadness when it does not. Most, not all, but most of our hopeful situations seem to end up in the hands of other people. My girlfriend had to make a decision. The current homeowners have to agree to your offer. Your boss gives you a raise, an employer hires you, an instructor passes you, an opponent has to perform worse than you, and someone else buys the special gift. That doesn't mean that we don't do what we can to help the outcome. When we hope for something, we actively work to make it come into being. We work hard to woo our girlfriends, and if that doesn't work, to convince them, and if that doesn't work, then we beg. (laughs) We work our tails off to earn enough money for the offer on the house. We do our best to exceed the boss's expectations so that they find us worthy of enough money. We make a great first impression so that we can be hired. We study so the inspector has no option than to pass us. We practice, practice, practice so that we're better than our opponents and we behave so Santa will bring us that gift. We do our part in the equation of hope so that when we relinquish control and give it over to the other, 
they will have no other option than to grant us our greatest hope. But sometimes our hope is just simply selfish. We hope for those things that will turn out great for us, for me. I hope that I get an A, that I get a job, that I get a raise, that I get the house. I think it's natural that we have this kind of hope because it's something in our lives that we wish for. Occasionally, we'll have the experience that causes us to hope for something beyond ourselves. We see someone hungry or homeless or alone or sick, and we hope that they'll be able to find food and shelter and companionship and treatment. There's no doubt that the ills of society are a great place to start when we begin to think about what we can hope for. And so, from the safety and security of our own lives, we hope that those with less than what we have can find what we have. So far, everything that I've mentioned about hope is an almost hope. An almost hope really has two characteristics that keep it from being an altogether hope. First, an almost hope is a hope that is focused on ourselves, and second, it stands at a distance and offers passing platitudes for those who are really struggling. I hope you get better. I hope you find what you're looking for. I hope the shelter is open for you. I hope the food bank can give you some food and almost hope. An altogether hope goes further than an almost hope. An altogether hope turns from our own well-being and begins to focus on the well-being of others. An altogether hope relentlessly pursues that for which we are hoping. It dives deep into the helplessness of a situation and offers light in the darkness to someone else who has no hope at all. And altogether hope means embracing the same struggles as those around you. And altogether hope takes action. It hopes that someone can find shelter and then it grabs a hammer and helps build it. It hopes that hungry children will have food and then starts packing backpacks. And altogether hope wishes for, expects something for others, and then takes action to help it come into being. I can imagine how Gabby must hope, right? And it's great that her community hopes too. Ingrid, uh, Ingrid McIntyre, she was the one, the second author in our, in our sermon series, wrote, None of this altogether hope is easy. None of it. 
Each time hope is carried to those who are struggling, our hands get dirty, our hearts get overwhelmed. We enter unfamiliar spaces knowing it would be much easier to have stayed home. But we can't stay home. We have to get our fingers dirty when we talk about an altogether hope. Our scripture today from 1 Peter says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope. A living hope. A hope that is alive, a hope that is active, a hope that has asked each of us to be participants, a hope that involves us, actively requires us to engage, a hope that can be offered to those with no hope. God brings this lively hope to all of God's children, to everyone, no matter where they are. God breathes new life and hope into us so that hope becomes something not just talked about, but actually shows up and can be seen. And altogether, hope is seen in action in and for and to the world. The Israelites cried out to God for a Messiah. They hoped more than anything for their savior, their warrior king, to show up and deliver them from the struggles and chaos and turmoil in which they were living. And so God responded with dirty fingers and overwhelmed heart. God became an altogether hope. Hope in the Advent story comes in the form of a major paradigm shift. The mighty and powerful warrior king would be a carpenter's son, and this Messiah would be the savior of more people than just the Israelites. Hope was coming for all people and all of creation. And just to make a point, God even sent the message to and through people nobody would have expected. A young virgin girl who likely didn't have much. The shepherds who heard the story first. The magi from a foreign country. Outsiders. Not a queen to bear a child, not a king to hear the angels proclaim. God brought into the world an altogether hope through an altogether unlikely crowd of people. I would venture to say that you and I have had an occasion to cry out to God in the hopes of something in our lives to change. Like the ancient Israelites, we too cry out in despair. Despair is probably the direct opposite of hope and the very reason we want more than anything for something to happen. Surely you've experienced despair, right? Or am I the only one? 
And when someone actually shows up and becomes part of the solution to the problem, that person, like all the unlikely characters in the Advent story, ushers in a new birth, a new beginning, and it creates a lively hope that First Peter talks about. And all together hope showed up in a baby, the best symbol of hope. Who doesn't look at a newborn with all the hope in the world that their little lives will unfold before them in a great and tremendous way? Hope was laid in a manger, literally a feeding trough, a sign that generations, generations could feed on this hope to keep going. God showed up in the last place anyone would choose to give birth, showing us that no place on earth is beyond hope's reach. We we meet people every day who embody hope by the way they live, by the way they treat, by the way they speak. Each of us carries a piece of hope that must be shared. It is almost Christmas during this Advent season, and as we prepare our hearts, let us also prepare to be part of an altogether hope to participate this season in getting our fingers dirty right alongside those who are struggling and who are hoping for something better in their lives. You and me, we can show how hope to others by the way we live, by the way we speak, by the way we treat, by the way we love. The newborn baby, our Savior, the Messiah, is our altogether hope. And the altogether hope that has changed our lives forever can change the lives of others too. Together, in this community, may we reach out into the world and offer an all-together hope. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, sometimes we think that the things that we're hoping for are good and righteous, and they are, but sometimes it just doesn't go far enough. Sometimes, God, an almost hope can be an altogether hope when we step out of our comfort comfort zones and reach into those places that make us uncomfortable and become a witness of the altogether hope. Help us this Advent season hope in your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, the Messiah, and in whose name we pray all of these things. And all God's people said, Amen.